So this is a special segment of Nothing Never Happens with poetry by Rafael Aragon, Milady Salinas, and Arisbeth Sanchez. Enjoy. This first poem is called Sandman. Come one, come all, to the main attraction, the old and the young with their vain distractions. Come one, come all, to see this show, the quick-footed first, follow next by the slow. Listen here, come and see, the circus is in town, and we must run along to see this man whose body is made out of sand. Though when wet, this man is dreary, runny, believe me, it is worth your money to see him heated by the sun, that is when the show has just begun. For when this man gets hot enough, his outside is no longer rough. Instead, it's something beautiful. Your eyes will water from the glow. He shimmers, sparkles, and reflects the faces of those who neglect to see things as they really are, to see humankind has not come far. Little does the audience know that nothing will be as expected. Now the piece is on the floor of this man who once reflected. Everyone now suddenly aware that most glass shatters when it's hit. But hit it, who would dare? This poem is titled Maybe. Maybe I've been a little more than unnecessarily mean. I do judge until death do his part. You may now force some sort of physical contact. No, not a word I hear often. No, not a word I understand. Five, stop talking. Four, I was talking first. Three, stop counting down. Two, dead silence. One, dignity's face on a milk carton. Soy, un espíritu atrapado, enjaulado, y tristemente arrastrado. Oh, a letter worth more attention than a person. An idea much bigger than a small me, a small I. Incredulous, but mostly very, very small. Run as fast, as far as your tamales can take you. In place and out of place. Six miles every day. Six times four plus more. One thousand miles meant to be walked. That is what I was told about love. This poem is called The Life of a Crayon. Are crayons able to accept that their individual colors aren't the same? Is there a social hierarchy amongst them, with yellow feeling superior to orange, with orange and red banding together for a common cause, sometimes the cause being that the enemy of my enemy is my friend, even though all three of them burn like fire in their own way? Does blue feel cool, green fresh? Does purple appreciate that its existence represents the coming together of another two? That it can never really be red, but it will never be seen as blue? Are crayons aware that they too age and die? Are they aware of the stub pile that they will most likely find themselves in? That through use, they'll inevitably become dull? That it is easy to break if life handles them a bit too roughly, too much pressure, heavy hands, hard times? Can they comprehend the grander scale of their existence? Do they know what they mean to you and I? Do they grasp that they represent creativity and emotional release? Or do they, like us, live in oblivion, never fully knowing that not one of them is better than the other, that all colors and all crayons, even the dull and the broken ones, can create a work of art? 
So my first poem is about an experience that I had at work. I work at PetSmart in the animal department. Um, and I had a situation happen to one of my coworkers who is um, brown and has an accent. And it goes, I'm sorry that I didn't speak up and burned him with the same fiery tongue he used to burn you, uh, your humanity away. I'm sorry that you have to tread this world Um, this next poem is something I wrote um, based on a memory that I had on um, my coming to the United States and it's called Engines of the Wild Wild West Steady locomotion Left foot, right foot Left foot, right A silent procession in the night An underground railroad north To freedom, to safety, to better times the grass, as always, seemed much greener from the other side. A prison with gilded bars and gilded chains. I am trapped. Trapped in a country that wants nothing but my manual labor. The work of my hands is all I am worth. Unskilled laborer, easily replaceable, expendable, deportable. Unskilled laborer, skilled in every line of work that the skilled laborer could not survive without. Cool desert nights, burning days, blistered feet, a six-year-old, following an eight-year-old, following a ten-year-old, following a mother who follows the coyotes. They, the engines, we, the wagons, the coal, are cold, hard cash. There are no kind-hearted tubmans on this train, only coyotes, savage predators of the desert night. And uh, so this poem is called Nameful. My name is that girl with the really long hair, the one that I can't seem to cut off because people always say it's so beautiful. My name is that girl that always wears black, the one that cloaks herself in the darkness she sees in the world. My name is that smart girl, the one that always tries so hard in school to end up nowhere. My name is that oriental girl, the one that very obviously has some Asian ancestry, but is never Asian enough to claim it. But actually, my name is Passion, that woman whose ambition, but actually, my name is Passion, that woman whose adoration for life has no parallel. My name is Resilience, that woman that gets back up and brushes herself off every time life decides to send another obstacle. My name is Ambition, that woman that desires things that others are intimidated by. My name is Powerful, that woman who will pave the way for others with her bare hands. My name is Arisbeth. All right, um, this next poem I'm going to read is in Spanish. Um, it, I derived it from um, a Spanish tongue twister, but I used it to tell the story of um, growing up with my father who spent some time in the Mexican military um, during the Chiapas conflicts and how, how it was maybe dealing with um, his post-trauma and uh, it's titled El Señor de los Salmos En el Cerro del Parangaricutirimicuaro hay un parangaricutirimicuador 
el que me lo desemparangaricutirimicuare, buen desemparangaricutirimicuador será. Subtil cerros, suben santos por sus sendas, simple señor, acierta el centro del blanco, se hace soldado sin sentir temor. Guerra, tiempo, días, noches, sueños, pesadillas. Simple señor, ahora sombre, sombra del joven que un día fue, simple señor sabio, ha vivido y sobrevivido, cientos siglos sigue vivo. Han pasado sus amores, sus amigos, familiares. Simple señor, sabio y solo, sube el cerro y se encuentra con el parangaricutirimicuador. Simplemente con su esencia y presencia infunde miedo en su corazón. Y así se disuelve el gran parangaricutirimicuador en el cerro del parangaricutirimicuador. Hay un buen desemparangaricutirimicuador. Es un simple anciano, sabio y solo. Gracias. En la poesía de la clase de Freedom University, tuvimos un prompto para escribir a nuestros jóvenes, una carta. Y así, lo que yo escribiría a mi jóvenes sería: Hey, girl. I want to tell you how proud I am of the young woman you're going to become. You're going to do things you never thought you would do, like get on a plane to travel. The things that you're scared about because of your status, you're going to be very lucky and privileged and get to stay in the United States and work without fear. And I don't want to scare you because it was more of a blessing in your life than a curse, but some hard things are going to be coming your way and I'm going to need you to be very strong, okay? I'm going to need you to be a strong girl, and I know you are because you're going to make it through. You got this? Stay ambitious, keep those big dreams, and make sure they come true, okay? You're going to make something of your life and yourself, so never doubt that for a second. You're going to grow up so well. Okay. Um this last poem is um it's called astronomy um it's a poem that i wrote a while back um kind of to um give a metaphor over my experiences in life um and how how blind some people can be to them um but here it goes they asked me what it was like to see stars for the first time in my life and i couldn't help but wonder how it must feel to have never truly experienced them at all. Because you see, when I was blind, I saw more than just specks of light hanging in the heavens. I inhaled and had my oxygen spiced with a bit of stardust. I reached out my hands toward the skies and felt every particle of light caress my fingertips. Every photon made its way through my veins, past every crevice of my body and into my radiant heart. Some days, I would stand in my yard and wait for the symphony. They speak of twinkling stars, not knowing what they sound like. Every constellation holds a piece of the equation that sums up to the grand orchestration of sound. I would dance over my grass, time and time again, feeling the sounds of the stars ringing in my ears. Some days, I would sit in my patio, stick out my tongue and wait until nightfall. 
I knew it had come when I felt the tingling sensation of trillion-year-old rays which had traveled billions of light-years to sit on the tip of my tongue. It inebriated me more than the oldest of wines. I was consumed by the cosmos. Astronomy held my attention unlike anything else, and I never knew light more than in the days of my darkness, because even though my eyes refused to receive even a flash of beauty, the rest of my body pulled whatever it could harder than a black hole in space and held it. When they asked me what it was like to see stars for the first time in my life, I felt pity for them, and I knew they would never be able to truly experience the light. So I set my eyes on a particular patch of heaven where the twinkle of the stars seemed more subtle and I lied. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced.